There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how you doing this fine patch day? Doing good. We're back on uh, the original maps. Happy to see them. And uh, we have a lot to talk about today. We do. Today we're diving deep into the Season 9.1 update and the Genesis Collection event. Before we do any of that, though, make sure you follow us on Twitch at Third Party Pods, streaming Mondays and Wednesdays, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. PST. Come on by, say hi, let's make it to partner. If you'd like to help continue the Third Party Podcast, please consider joining our Patreon. We've been banging out some really fun gaming sessions with our patrons. We finally have that organized. Um, And there's also just a ton of awesome benefits over there. Extra episodes, hangouts, merch, replica weapons that we're doing. It's a cool time over there. No doubt. Let's dive into the news now. Straight into it. Yesterday, Respawn tweeted out that they're continuing to invest in combating cheaters in Apex Legends. This was then followed up by NRG Suites, responded with a long-form tweet calling out that it's time for action and not words. Uh, And these words themselves rang very true with many of the top players on Twitter. And then the hashtag SaveApexRanked became trending for gaming all over Twitter. And it's crazy because if you follow a content creator, they were tweeting this out pretty much. It was very widespread. Uh, There were multiple responses from Respawn employees about how motivating it was to see the passion from the community behind this because getting something like this trending is by no means an easy feat at all. Yeah, 100%. And I think that this was an opportunity for a lot of people to voice authentic concerns uh, that have been going on for a long time now, talking many months, upwards of years uh, for some players. Um, But the reason that we wanted to talk about it is nearly 50% of all matches played of Apex are in ranked. So in theory, this is a really big deal. This idea of save Apex ranked, ranked is somehow broken or not fun. Um, something that we wanted to talk about. Um, but this whole issue of DDoSing and cheaters that these top players are uh, speaking out about and has been a continuous problem that has posed a serious threat to the internal team at Respawn, it's concentrated at the top. And That's totally natural and normal because if you're cheating at Apex Legends, hopefully you're not cheating in silver lobbies. It'd be a tough scene. Pretty (laughs) embarrassing. I don't know what to tell you at that point. But the unfortunate thing is some of the top, most well-respected players have to struggle through these really painful, unfair lobbies with cheaters because all the cheaters are in these master and pred lobbies. The downside to that is A, it's sad for the people that we like. Mm -hmm. Um, B, it's difficult for the integrity of the game. And C, because it's only affecting a small, small fraction of the player base, is it worth fixing is the question that we think is being raised at the top at EA. I think that this is the first time we are hopefully seeing this question be for real posed at the top, though. I think uh, that's something you and I have talked about a little bit off air, just that, you know, This is a business. EA doesn't have the most fantastic reputation in the gaming industry for investing money into fixing this sort of cheating issues. Uh, But getting all your content creators, streamers, pros to band together in social media and form of camaraderie is a pretty, pretty awesome statement. And 
with the exceptions of few, to see most people do it in a very constructive way was quite beautiful because we've seen so many topics, you know, come to light in Apex and it becomes a pretty ugly conversation on Twitter. And so if you're going to participate, take the time to think out what you're saying uh, before you post it there. Random hatred being spewed towards devs, I don't think is going to get listened to and won't get anybody anywhere. And so for the first time, we're seeing kind thought out responses and we're seeing an actual response theoretically from the team at Respawn. Totally. I think there's definitely hope on the horizon. Uh, you and I, we're lucky. You know, we don't mm-hmm. have our matches plagued with cheaters and really never have. Um, and so the hope is that EA does take notice and they do improve the quality of the game by cracking down on more cheaters and more infrastructure issues uh, in order to protect, you know, the top people in this community that we look up to, everybody enjoys watching, and they have massive reach. And so, Shay and I, we we think that it's tough to make a change that's only going to affect a small amount of people. But when those small amount of people have millions and millions of reach, it's probably a really strong investment from a business standpoint. So I'm hopeful. That is the third party statement right there on hashtag save apex ranked. Everyone should just be able to play the game. That's all we want in the end. Let's talk about it though. Let's talk about the patch notes now. Very, very big deal. Obviously, we were waiting for these for a while and it's exciting to see. And let's lead with maybe the most nostalgic moment since we've started the podcast. Two weeks of OG World Edge and OG Kings Canyon back. What have been your first initial thoughts? Got any highlights you want to share? Man, we're, I, we're both smiling ear to ear right now, just like thinking about it. If you guys saw us on cam, oh man. We back, baby. That's all I have to say. <laughs> it's so fun. Like each map is so different um, from each mm-hmm. other that whenever it swaps back and forth, I kind of have to check myself. Um, but I mean, Skulltown is obviously wonderful. We can talk a little bit about that. Thunderdome, obviously a great option. A lot of people don't realize that it's really important, not Mm -hmm. necessarily because of loot or the fights that happen there, but it's a high tier drop that's right outside of school town. So it's a perfect third party opportunity. Name of the pod. It's perfect. It's mm -hmm. perfect. Um, But outside of that, back in the day, I didn't really like dropping school town because I don't like to die. I like to win. (laughs) And so I love going cascades, bridges, wetlands. Mm -hmm. Like these are really classic drops. Um, and I've really been enjoying Kings Canyon specifically. It has been fantastic. And honestly, the first time I queued into the dropship though, above world's edge and I saw the colors, Oh my goodness, my breath was just taken away. It was so beautiful. I stand by, I personally think that map is even more beautiful than Olympus, which I don't think a lot of people will agree with. But uh, I feel, yep. It is gorgeous. And we got snow everywhere. Oh my goodness. And then Scrapital City coming in clutch has just been such a fantastic time. I don't know, man. It, We could go on and on in circles, but it's just pure nostalgia and I'm loving everything about it. I know that there's going to be a lot of people out there potentially like, hey, let's bring this back full time. There's a reason, you know, the two of us have said they're making making improvements to the map. Each Mm -hmm. and every time they update it, the map is getting played in a better way. 
let's all enjoy this honeymoon phase and then maybe not get to the point where we're complaining about all the <laughs> issues about the maps that we yeah. they, they took years to fix and perfect. And let's just enjoy this nostalgia. Let's enjoy the skull town. Enjoy getting dropping there and having four squads left with 18 minutes to play uh, and have yeah. a good time. Like there's some problems, but it's fine for this limited time, I think is the, is the thing to say. Yeah. This limited time, your pubs playlist for the next two weeks are going to mm-hmm. be a lot shorter matches, no matter how <laughs> good you are. So that's something to kind of bank on. Um, but yeah, we usually don't talk about our, our own personal playing experience, but I'm having a blast on both maps. Um, it's really a pleasure. And it, like you're saying, you'd be surprised how much lighting can do. Yeah. And Original World's Edge has killer Ooh. lighting. I'm it's telling you. It's beautiful. Take it's a beautiful. look, folks. It's so true, though. My very first game on Kings, I dropped Skull. Somehow survived the first one. Only survived one other drop the entire day on Skulls. But uh, I ended up on top of the Skull with three squads left in, in the first ring. So that was yep. a good time. Yep. 100%. <laughs> okay. Maybe we'll circle back to the maps at some point through the rest of the conversation, but let's talk about the Revenant heirloom that dropped with the collection event. I know you had kind of a fun story because I brought up right before the pod that I hadn't actually seen it in game on someone else yet, but you have. Man, it's cool. I got to say it's a little awkward that Revenant's getting this heirloom still before Watson, before Crypto. But that aside, this (laughs) is a very cool heirloom and in game... It is terrifying to go against uh, just the the interact the uh, melee that it does leaves behind this the death kind of trail that Revenant's famous for, and it's just like a tornado, like a whirlwind of just sickle death blades, and it's very intimidating in these school town drops where it pretty much comes down to a boxing match, except Rev has a, a really big sharp Scythe. thing so yeah. it's it's a little scary but uh i think that that really nails it for rev is it gonna get you to pull the trigger will you Heck ever no. <laughs> Heck no i had a thought i had a thought for a second but i don't think it's gonna come true we haven't been ones to buy collection events uh fully in a while but there are some really 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 cool skins in this one without a doubt Okay, let's do it. Let's talk about some balancing, though, starting with the legends. We're going to start with Revenant. Uh, Revenant had a slightly slimmed down hitbox, specifically the midsection, arms, and upper legs. Then also a change to the passive. Stalker climb height significantly increased. It is not by their definition unlimited, but you and I have both experienced pretty dang close to unlimited. I think we're both on the same page. We have not been able to not climb something that you would think you could going into the game right now that's right the silence duration has decreased from 20 seconds to 15 seconds that 25 percent reduction and there has been a reduced the duration of death protection by five seconds while using death totem this is a fun topic what are your first kind of initial thoughts that you'd like to share to the people on revenant first look at these changes are it's very hesitant you know, we're getting a, a, a fun buff to the passive. We're getting some hitbox changes that we'll talk about. And then we're getting two little nerfs to the tactical and ultimate in order to keep him pretty much exactly where he's at is how I read them. Um, yep. 
in game, I think that Shay and I agree on this, that he's definitely more fun. That passive mm-hmm. being like really reliable um, is cool. I think people enjoy that. If you are a patron and stopped by our last uh, hangout that we do each month with all of our patrons, we took a look at the hitbox change. And in that midsection, there is a meaningful difference. We'll see you know, how that shakes down with data over time. But I think that that could help him a lot. Mm-hmm. It, it's but, tough. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll let me throw in some thoughts before you go into those fun numbers of it is such an interesting holistic balance perspective to look at because on one hand, I think you and I are both expecting a whole ton more, but I think looking at this, playing it, I think you and I are both pretty happy right now, at least with it. And that's because we added the fun into Revenant's mm-hmm. kit. And right now his kit was all frustration, all annoyance at those top tier levels specifically. The ultimate is incredibly hard to use, but it's so fascinating because we've heard based off the pick rate and win rate numbers that maybe we want to increase the pick rate, but we don't want to move the win rate. And that's basically because we don't want that Revenant meta. Because when that Revenant meta is in session, uh, the game becomes frustrating is the word the devs have used. And so it's interesting. You look at the buff to the passive. Does the buff to the passive, is that canceled out by the changes to the tactical and the ult? Is it more of a nerf, potentially? And then we look at that hitbox as being the big X factor that potentially moves the needle on the numbers perspective. Probably not the pick rate, but maybe a win rate change. And that's difficult because the average player does not feel a hitbox change, but it might holistically, if you look at thousands of players playing, make a change in combat. Yeah, I think Revenant is one of the most difficult puzzles in Apex from a balancing standpoint. We've it's a 1,000 piece puzzle. It really is. <laughs> like This is going to take you a, a long time to solve. <laughs> um, but the essential goal in our eyes is after talking with Daniel twice about the subject is first, you don't want to make it more effective. You don't want to add power, but you want to add individual fun. And I think we accomplished that with Mm -hmm. this update. Um, And that is a huge win. We've been really hoping for a rework for a long time now, about a year. We've thought, You know, he needs a shift. It's not a great idea to have this whole death protection idea in the game. We should change it up entirely. Mm -hmm. At this point, a year later, I think I've given up on that and I'm happy with these changes. It's also important to look at where is the legend popularity? And Apex is an interesting game in my eyes because you have the top four, Octane, Wraith, Bloodhound, and Lifeline right now, dominant. Then you have the middle three, Pathfinder, Valkyrie, and Bangalore. And then the rest of the 10 legends are so close that they're pretty much the bottom 10. It's really Mm -hmm. weird. Um, There's some variability in there, but that's essentially where popularity is. Right now, Heirloom's out, big update, everybody's excited about Revenant. He's, you know, near the top of that 10 legends at the bottom. We probably want Revenant by Mirage. Like, that's where we want him. Um, just for the game health in general. And so I think this was a successful change that is going to get some rev mains excited. It's not going to break the game. I'm happy. I think I'm with you. I'm happy because the legend is playable. 
at mm-hmm. the, any level of the game. There is a hard, hard, hard skill cap on using that ultimate. You and I have emphasized it. It's very difficult. I know it's frustrating to die to, but it can be done and it can be played in master and pred lobbies, maybe not on Olympus as effectively. But now this passive adds that fun and the casual player can pick up Rev and have that, oh, wow, that was such a cool moment, which hopefully will keep that pick rate up a little higher. I think we're on the same page. We're, we're pretty psyched about this one in the end. Yeah. Let's talk about Lifeline, though, now. Lifeline got an increased hitbox size, mostly in the legs and waist. And the quote is that these hitbox changes bring her closer to the medium-sized legends, which is a very interesting thing because for a long time, we've talked about one of the main benefits of Lifeline outside of her abilities being her very small hitbox in combat. She does not have in-combat abilities, potentially. Yeah, I was shocked by this. I thought they were going to dial back something um, in her actual abilities because when we spoke with the designers at the beginning of the season, they thought they may have overdid her a little bit at the beginning. Um, But I think this is a good look. Lifeline, we always see as it's good to have a support legend in the game. It's good to have a healer. And if people enjoy playing her, that's perfect because she's not oppressive and that's good for the game to have a Mm -hmm. healer. And if we can just tweak her hitbox a little bit, we'll see how it goes. But having her being really popular is okay. I'm always down to have a lifeline on my team. No doubt. No doubt. And that's a great place for a legend to be. Let's talk Bloodhound now. I have the Allfather scan reveal time decreased from four seconds to three seconds. And Beast of the Hunt duration decreased from 35 seconds to 30 seconds. Time can still be added while you down enemies. Have you gotten a chance to play any Bloodhound yet? Have you oh, felt yeah, for it? Sure. Yes. What are your um, initial thoughts? Not going to say it's a big impact. Um, and the designers didn't want it to be a huge impact. They kind of wanted to dial down uh, the power of Bloodhound a little bit while still maintaining the utility. Taking down the scan duration from four to three puts Bloodhound more than a year back um, mm-hmm. in kind of the power of the tactical almost because it was mid-season four that Bloodhound got the scan duration increase. Um, they did internally consider doing two seconds and dropping it even lower. But I think for now, they want to maintain the fact that Bloodhound has the utility. You can rely on the scan to give you a lot of information, but turn down that paralyzing feeling on the receiving end of the scan. Um, but... Needless to say, Bloodhound's still strong. I hope that they continue to dominate this game because they're, I think, one of the most fun legends to play. And again, I love having a Bloodhound on the team. I think they're definitely the most effective. Um, And I'm into that. I'm okay with uh, having a Bloodhound meta. Yeah, I mean, Bloodhound meta, totally fun. And I think that paralysis that people were kind of talking about, that's the thing that we're trying to attack I think I still need to play more to know potentially if we feel this way. But overall, I want Bloodhound to still be towards the top. And uh, fun slide tangent, but I was reminded just how cool the Bloodhound heirloom is because a buddy of mine that is sub-level 100 happened to pull some shards and they went with the Bloodhound heirloom off of Spectation. It is a top, top tier heirloom. 
we've joked about ranking the heirlooms for a while now. Haven't done it, but his would definitely be up there. That axe is fantastic right now. Quality of life changes. Valkyrie. Change the VTOL jet fuel meter to better show consumption. And Rampart, unique LMG reload animation. Which one of these do you want to tackle first? Valkyrie, it's cool. Um, I wasn't saying that it was completely necessary. Like we said in Mastering the Legends, you pretty much always have gas in the tank. Like unless you're doing these mega slow flies, I never really worry about fuel that much. Um, but this is nice, I think, for the learning curve of Valkyrie and getting to feel out that VTOL jet passive. Um, w- didn't really change my game, but I think is a helpful little balancing tweak. I think it's just cool to see them do little things like this, just because it's a sign that maybe we will get stuff like this on other legends. Cough, cough, fuse, like we've talked about wanting some changes to maybe the aesthetic and UI kind of stuff and Mm -hmm. this putting us closer to that theoretically. So uh, one can dream, uh, but I think you're at a good spot with Valk right now. Uh, Rampart, unique LMG reload. It's cool. I I like it a lot. Um, It makes you feel great. (laughs) It doesn't speed up the reload, but on the L-Star... It feels like it. It's, <laughs> it. It really feels pretty cool um, and looks cooler. Um, I will also add here that our very first patron, uh, Abulama, found out and told me that you can actually inspect Sheila. Ooh. And it's been a long time that I've been playing uh, Rampart and did yeah. not know that. And I definitely recommend everybody check it out. They're really cool in specs. You can put a sticker on it. You can check out the ammo, check out the barrel of the Sheila. It's really, really cool. There's a lot of options. Um, cool stuff on the Rampart UI. Today. I love seeing something like this. Like this is just another thing where it's like, I love that they took some time to add this to the game. Because I've probably said on the podcast a million times, but the Watson res animation being different from everyone else is one of my favorite things in the game. I absolutely just adore this unique animations in game. It makes playing a character feel so much rewarding to the lore of them. And so I'm all for continuing to do this kind of stuff, essentially. Let's talk weapons, though. Time for some weapons, starting off with the P2020, an increase in fire rate going from 6.25 up to 7, and the increase the mag size by 2 on each rarity and by 3 rounds at level 3 and 4. I want to ask you a question, but I think overall your thoughts on this gun to start. I think that it was underrated uh, at the mm-hmm. beginning of this season. That a lot of people were looking at the Mozambique and just ignoring the P2020 as that kind of secondary sidearm, specifically in arenas. Um, now, holy cow, don't sleep on the P2020 at all. I think this is a really powerful change. Um, if we have some time and we're just kicking it around, maybe we'll do a mini episode or something on the P2020 versus the Mozambique um, mm-hmm. because it is a just vicious fight between the two right now. They are both very reliable, solid secondaries. Um, Right now, go check out the B-2020 in the firing range or arenas or whatever you have to do. It's a tap trigger now. It's lightning quick. I think the DPS is really solid uh, for a secondary. 
they're cool weapons, both of them. Um, and so I think a lot of people were calling for the P2020 to get a buff to bring it up to where they think the Mozam is. Now, I don't think there's any question that they're both in a really powerful state. Yeah, the, the P2020 has felt amazing. I think you mentioned the tap trigger. Like it really does feel that way more so than ever. I think it's an interesting question potentially to pose though. Is this going to be more impactful on arenas or BR? I think the initial response makes arenas the obvious answer because it's free gun. You get it every time. Do you think this gun though can be brought into the BR potentially now because of this buff? Because I know a couple people that are very, very excited for the pistol movement speed in combo now with that yeah. P2020 and BR particularly. Yeah, I mean, I can't come out and say the P2020 should be your primary weapon, but... I don't think we'll ever say it's a primary weapon. (laughs) We've done episodes in the past about how this theoretical idea of carrying a secondary and having something to swap to really quickly, closing the gap, firing a mag with the primary, and then swap into a pistol has a ton of advantages. And it even drips down to the time to kill being Mm -hmm. faster uh, than other SMGs or shotguns. So... And more forgiveness now with mm-hmm. that mag size as well. It that really accuracy is. It's number. something to consider in any mode. I think uh, the P2020 is a good option. I, I just think we, I want to hammer before we go on to the next one, hammer it home that you don't need the hammer points to run this gun right. as your secondary. I think so many people were enjoying it as that BR secondary with hammer point in the previous season. The gun can be used in a very similar function right now effectively you don't have to feel like oh there's no hop there's no hammer points i can't use this gun anymore don't feel that way have a great time enjoy your pistol it's a great great gun right now spitfire time increased hip fire spread on the spitfire first impressions have you gotten a chance to rock and roll with this bad boy up close on anyone of course i'm rocking it with the <laughs> spitfire i mean it's it's an incredible weapon um this was not a nerf Uh, I think a lot of people were calling for a nerf. We've been discussing it a lot. Right now, it rings true that the designers, the developers, they want the Spitfire to be in the place that it is. They want it to be a very solid, powerful weapon that can dish out massive damage. Um, They're still internally trying to decide what makes a solid LMG. In this update, they did not make the hipfire spread unbearable whatsoever. I see no difference I did a lot of testing and I used it in the BR, um, even in the firing range with no barrel stabilizer, you can be 15 feet back and not miss a shot hip fire. So it's still, I I see no difference to be honest. Um, and I didn't even put on a barrel stabilizer. So (laughs) it's very, very strong. Don't think that the Spitfire is leaving the meta anytime soon. Yeah, I told you in the live hangout or off air potentially, I was like, hip fire spread increase, that could mm-hmm. be a crazy nerf. Like if they wanted it to, and we start seeing this gun shoot bullets off in different directions and you have no accuracy up close with the weapon, like this would be the path, in my opinion, to a serious nerf for the Spitfire. That was not what happened though at all. And you said it, firing range, totally true. Um, I don't need to repeat everything that it was not the nerf. I think that the people calling for the Spitfire nerf were hoping for. 
We don't yeah. know if, if where we want the Spitfire potentially though. So it's a tough conversation. Uh, check out the previous episode, Spitfire debate. We kind of dove really far into where we think the Spitfire sits and where we want it to be. And so if you're really interested in those thoughts, check out that episode one or two weeks ago. Now for the 30-30 repeater, uh, spoiler alert, one of my favorite changes so far early on at least, uh, slightly increased projectile speed and reduced the charge time from 0.5 seconds to 0.35 seconds, 30% reduction. Break down those numbers for people yeah. that may not be able to put that into you know just visuals uh, easily. Looking at the patch notes, I really thought that charge time reduction was going to be the game changer. I mm-hmm. thought that, man, you're going to speed up that ability to do more damage. That's going to affect the DPS. That's going to affect the time to kill. This thing's really going to get brought up. But the truth is that that's not really the case here. Um, if you want the full numbers breakdown, essentially, if you charge up a shot with the 3030, it does 36% more damage. Um, if you were to fire the first shot charged up, the DPS increases by 11 So from Mm -hmm. 98 to 109, that's not huge. And it definitely isn't very impressive when you compare it to the G7 that has 136 DPS. So nothing game changing, game breaking in that regard. But I think you can talk anecdotally about this. Increasing the projectile speed means it's going to be more accurate. The Mm -hmm. faster the bullets, the more accurate the shot placement. And so I think that's what we're looking at here, a more accurate 30 30 which means more range you know more shots on target yeah it it is so awesome i I think i went on a long tangent in our live hangout on this one of just like projectile speed could be such an x factor in this patch and i only remember this because it's what took the g7 from being the only gun the pros used still a fantastic gun don't get me wrong henry i'm not hurting the h7 in any way but took it from that just overtly dominant to the i think solid plays it's in now changing that projectile speed and i've always been the and using the 3030 i've always felt it was a difficult gun to use i've felt like there is noticeable bullet drop on the weapon and that to me has disappeared and i've you know small tangent like small uh sample size i've dropped two 2ks with this gun exclusively uh just today feeling like i'm having a lot more confidence with that accuracy as you mentioned you know, being able to use it in a much more similar way to the G7 in terms of confidence is going to be a really good place for it. It's, I think, still the G7 meta if you're going for the marksman, but I think this gun is a lot closer than it was before. And for me, I know we don't rank guns a lot, but this gun has definitely surpassed uh, the hemlock for me if I'm looking for a slightly longer range heavy weapon uh, as my primary. I'm going to be rocking this 3030 as that gun currently. I'm really enjoying it so far. We can check back in next week to see if my is a small sample size <laughs> or if one week uh, and I'm back to hating the gun or something. But I early, totally agree. It's just so much easier to use right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like the weapon and we love these patch notes and updates in general because little balancing shifts can completely change how you go into a game about mm-hmm. what legends you might pick or think about going against a legend, what weapons you might pick up. And so we as kind of major fans of the game, we really read into these notes and test them out and then speak to them on the episode. The 30-30 changes I think are going to change a little bit how you play Apex in arenas and BR. 
this weapon is one to consider. And with the hop up right now, it's got the versatility. It's fun. It's powerful. Should definitely give it a shot if you haven't in the past. Last weapon of the day. Now we're talking about the longbow, aka the nice wig change damage increased from 55 to 60. And for anyone not familiar with what I am talking about, uh, the devs jokingly took to Twitter saying they made this change for nice wig, who is notorious for being one of the content creators slash pros that actually has a good time using the longbow right now. Really fun to see that community interaction. Is this change going to get you picking up the longbow at all anytime soon? Snipers are tough. It's it's not really my play style. Um, I really like all the snipers though right now. And I think this is a a nice shift for the longbow. Um, The longbow is a really interesting one just to call back a little bit. Uh, It's the longbow DMR designated marksman rifle. (laughs) It's not in the marksman class, but that doesn't mean you can't use it as one. You throw a bruiser at two times on the longbow and you can have some major success. Um, it's a Especially solid Especially back in uh, Skulltown now. That's when the gun used sure. to drive. So now yep. we're uh, now we can go full circle with the longbow. Totally. It's cool to see the gun get a little bit of uh, attention. I think it's been on the back burner of the snipers in terms of the popularity for a little bit now just with that rise of the triple take, the charge rifle, you know, coming and going. Uh, hopefully maybe we get some more fun. Uh, longbow plays because i know you and i both oh i was gonna say we have a ton of skins for it but now we're on pc (laughs) instead of xbox so we don't so rip that comment okay arena changes now i'm gonna let you go through these break these down and uh tell our listeners what they need to pay attention to from this patch in terms of arena shifts i'm excited about this a lot of people were kind of disappointed that we weren't going to get ranked for arenas this yep. update um, it's in the works but the changes that we're about to mention in these patch notes i think i'll say it again but i think they just nail everything that was necessary um so everything first off, we had a slight complaint about essentially yeah. was in this patch note like they in were locked way, in yeah mm-hmm. i think it's a very accurate representation you know some of the other things are a little random or underwhelming in some ways but this i think is steps in the right direction every chance they had. Um, (laughs) So first, the weapons. There was some changes to the material cost um, of weapons. The weapons that were made a little cheaper, or you could say were given buffs, were the P2020, RE45, Mastiff, and R99. The material cost here fluctuated between 50 and 100 materials per weapon. We're not talking, you know, major game-changing buffs for these weapons but it is nice to see a little bit of a nod to the weapons that were underperforming Mm -hmm. the weapons that were given nerfs or made slightly more expensive were the eva 8 volt spitfire l star and r301 i love that list that list is perfect it's pretty much perfect like looking at the top performers and bringing them down a little bit uh via the economy of arenas it's great. I love Much it. Much no easier complaints. way to balance than BR. Yeah, we'll see if it's effective. I mean, this is kind I'm of interested. the first swing at doing something like this. Um, I'm really hopeful that this is going to be an effective way to balance arenas where we don't have to have completely separate patch notes back and mm-hmm. forth. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the Marksman's got some interesting price changes. The G7 and the 3030 had their base cost increased by 50 that doesn't really impact anything, in my opinion. doesn't mm-hmm. affect my buy. But their level three upgrade was also decreased by 50. So kind of a, a tit for tat in terms of a buff and a nerf. It's interesting to tell. 
I have tried to wrap my head around it. I don't really see um, what they were going for with this. I'm not sure if you have insight to it, but I think my initial thought was as someone, when I go to use these marksman rifles, I never upgrade to level three. I don't. I feel very satisfied with the level one. Um, and if I go level two occasionally. And so I hope this was potentially them seeing a pattern of, okay, people don't buy that marksman rifle up to level three uh, or level four. Maybe we can take a shot at trying to get people a better opportunity to do so and then yeah. make that barrier to entry slightly higher, which I don't think is a big deal, as you mentioned. But hopefully, at least for my personal play style, maybe I'll occasionally go to level three now or something because of it. I'll have to see how it shakes out in game, though. It's weird just because if you do go to level three, it's the same exact price as it was before. So mm-hmm. it, it's very weird to see what what was the thought that went into this. It's but like the round say, by round yeah. economy is like, it's such an in-depth change mm-hmm. theoretically if there's data to support it. Yeah. That's what's kind of interesting. Very precise. But mm-hmm. I think rest assured, you should use the G7 and the 3030 in arenas. Yep. They are both very good. No doubt. Other price changes. Um, Arc Stars went up 25 materials from 100 to 125, and the gold backpack went from 250 to 300. These are small tweaks just to keep in the back of your mind. The gold backpack, I've definitely played some Lifeline and bought out with Lifeline for that gold bag. So I'm interested to go and hop in and see if this is going to change my actual upgrade potentially if I'm going to have to cut something. If I'm zeroing in in the early rounds, obviously, once you get to later rounds, well, you got some more money to play with. We'll get to the later rounds because there's a very <laughs> interesting thing. Um, but before we get, get into that, the legend balancing in arenas was also completely nailed this season in my eyes. Round of Crypto applause. got a little bit of a buff in terms of the economy. The EMP went from 600 to 500 materials and the drone went from 100 to 50. Perfect. Let's see how it goes. I love it. Mm-hmm. Revenant also got a little bit of a buff with the totem ultimate going from 600 to 500. Love it. Lifeline got a little bit of a nerf with the tactical dock drone going from 50 materials up to 75 Fuse got a little bit of a buff with the knuckle cluster getting cut in half from 150 to 75 materials. Very cool to see. Well deserved. The Bloodhound Ultimate went from 350 to 450 materials. And then Pathfinder got hit by a couple of things. The Grapple, you only start with two charges now instead of the three previously. And the Zipline, uh, Round cooldown is increased from every round to every other round. So you get less opportunities to buy that ultimate. Rampart Sheila round cooldown, on the other hand, got reduced from every three rounds to every other round. Watson's ultimate got increased from every round to every other. Octane's launch pad got increased from every round to every other. And then the Octane stem changes also were reduced to two from three charges. Obviously, let's start with the biggest news and talk about that knuckle cluster. That's what everybody in our live hangout was hyped about, the cut Mm -hmm. in half. A little sarcasm here if you can't tell. It's audio, so it doesn't always come across, Uh, but cool to see. Uh, It is a fun change, though, for the fuse mains because that's going to put it more in line with the BR. Carry two at Mm -hmm. the cost of what it was for two, essentially. I think that these changes were just perfect. And mm-hmm. I think they're going to really zero in on what legends needed a little bit of attention in either way. But in summary, because there was a lot of 
numbers and talking. We got small buffs for crypto, revenant, fuse, and rampart. I think well deserved, and nerfs for lifeline, bloodhound, Watson, Octane, and Pathfinder. I think well deserved on that side too. I don't feel personally that any of these are gonna rock your world as a main, um, but I think they are gonna push uh, in different directions uh, to try to make a more healthy arena's gameplay. The one that stood out to me was the Octane one. That was the one where I'm like, I could see that actually affecting the people that are playing Octane in arenas just because it it was getting to a point in the games I was playing where people were bouncing ahead on almost Mm -hmm. every buy opportunity that they could once they got into a healthy spot. And that no longer being possible changes your thoughts. What rounds do you prioritize? And that's a whole nother level of complexity that is now going to be thought into with octanes and i think nailed it though overall great stuff totally it's interesting that pathfinder and octane got the same change that they're yeah. keeping them in line on paper um there's a lot of questions is is a stem equal to a grapple is that true right now on paper it is in terms in of the economy of mm-hmm. arenas so something to look at for sure now the big stuff for arenas these honestly i love them all but they're all small changes mm-hmm. the big ones are number one they added a damage and kill scoreboard for both teams in between rounds. Like, I think that is going to subconsciously make arenas a lot more competitive and a lot more serious alone. And the UI, fantastic. They nailed it. They've never Looks introduced clean. a UI that we've been disappointed in, but this is just another example of them just, whoever's des- whoever is behind the design of the UI, Needs a raise. They killed every time that person gets called <laughs> upon. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I like the love. It's good. Um, the next big change is round three and on. Every player starts with a battery as well as two cells and two syringes. Hashtag this bat life. is huge. <laughs> this is huge. Not only are batteries life, but this frees up so many materials in your buy It's crazy. And I think it's going to directly translate into more abilities being purchased in arenas. I think a lot of people already buy one or two batteries in the later rounds. This just allows you to buy another one, have a throwable, have an extra tactical. Um, Maybe you're going to upgrade your weapon even more uh, if you're not already. But I think this is a huge change. It's, It's such a good one. And for the point that you mentioned potentially adding more abilities into arenas because you and I both said it on the arenas pods. We prioritize bats over buying abilities for almost all legends. And now there is an opportunity, especially earlier in the game to have more ability play come in, which is something that you and I both like, and maybe not a lot of people do. Uh, But I think it's overall going to be a pretty solid thing for the flow of arenas and to add some more uniqueness and some more, importance into which legends you're picking because uh, right now a lot of people just say smallest hitbox because i don't ever use abilities well now if you got room to buy abilities maybe buy the caustic and go for that ult or something like that mm-hmm. you know there's a lot more questions that this potentially could add into the game the late game economy is drastically shifted by that mm-hmm. change alone but the other thing that totally shifts the game in even the first round is the fact that now care packages drop five seconds sooner. Five seconds is multiple eternities in this game. I kid you not, five seconds is a long, long time. Um, Third-party time zone. 
it it's incredible. I've been able to play the care package effectively in the first three rounds of a game quite easily and really yes. come out on top because of it. You can push center, secure mats, and then get the care package if the team went to the other side and if you're not contesting on the same side. So keep a lookout for the care package because that's one of the things from these patch notes that I think is going to change how you play the game. Um, care packages are now much more viable as a way to plan out your weapons, plan your buy, and then plan your rotation and the gameplay around it. It changes, change. the, it changes the flow of the game. I mean, they brought the care package in as a piece to speed up the game, speed up arenas, make things more aggressive. And that wasn't really the case. We talked about it in our arena breakdown that you and I don't play care package. I'm glad to hear that you have experienced it as well because uh, my arena's games, I'm definitely putting a higher priority on the care package. And it's not a question. You can't leave that care package side alone on a couple of these maps, especially if there's power height uh, with that care pack because... You're going to be in trouble if someone can confidently know that you might not contest it. I'm going to skip on the guns and I'm going to buy nades and I'm going to mm-hmm. buy abilities and secure the care package for my weapons. It definitely adds it as a much more viable variable than it was beforehand. Totally. And there's some good weapons in there. I mean, mm-hmm. more so as the rounds progress, you can be getting the triple take or the prowler, but it, it's solid even in the beginning rounds right now, being able to secure it um, from a positioning standpoint, as you mentioned. Other big changes, snipers, uh, the six times optic um, is now at level one instead of the base cost. A lot of people are a little upset about this, those early game snipers. I'm not one of them, but I look at this and I say, yeah, boo-hoo, I, I hear you, but it's still level one. I wouldn't mm-hmm. worry too much about it. You can still prioritize it as a buy. Um, Really interesting, though, how they do optics in arenas. Um, I find it really fascinating. It is so cool. But yeah, this definitely hits a couple of those people that play that play style and really emphasize, you know, Sentinel 6, Charge 6 as an early buy. And now you got to commit more to it. And Mm -hmm. that is, uh, I think, the overall message here is that commit to your play style. You know, whatever you do, whether you're playing the pack now or whether you are sniping now, like you're going to have to... There's there's less there's less room for risk. You have to you have to decide hard either direction now. Essentially, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. last but not least, they also changed some of the map features as well as ring logic for quality of life. Not going to dive into all the details, but essentially they balanced out a lot of the strengths, changed a couple pieces of geo in order to make it more balanced, more fair. Um, I think always good stuff to see. Another great community moment, though, as well. Calling out Reptar in patch notes for breaking the game with being able to snipe someone straight from the spawn. Mm-hmm. My goodness. It's so great to see that community come through into actual in-game. Like, they're listening. They know, you know, and that's a very apparent thing. Let's talk about the voice line additions to the games. I know there's something you're really excited about, so feel free to take the lead on this one. All right, folks. So they added voice lines for when your ultimate is ready or not ready um when was the first time you asked for this i think that's like oh my gosh we started the Um, pod over a year ago it had to be one of the first episodes right like (laughs) i i've been calling for this for over a year at least Mm -hmm. I, i think i mean with such a robust ping system, it is very, it's been really disappointing over the years to not be able to tell teammates on mic or not 
that I have my ultimate because game changing ability, theoretically. It's good to go into a fight and tell people I don't quite have my ultimate, let's hold off. But it's also so, so powerful for a legend like Valkyrie to now be able to ping, I have my ultimate, come use it with me. That is huge. And it just ripples down to other legends where Gibraltar and Caustic can now coordinate their ultimates together. Like It's really, really powerful in order to just communicate those abilities in a game that's surrounded by legends and abilities. It's perfect. It would have been awesome at any time to be introduced, but definitely with now having a legend come into the game that when the ability gets canceled, which gets canceled because teammates might not be the brightest sometimes, you take a penalty for that. Thank goodness this is in here now because I think there's some serious Valk players out there that will uh, get the reward. I think it's going to be really, really beneficial for her particularly. It's great. You can do it pretty easily. Just open up your inventory in the bottom right. There's now an ultimate icon. You ping it uh, and it will not only trigger the voice line, but also um, show in quick chat what percentage you're at. So it's a really helpful feature. I think this is one of the highlights for me in terms of the changes this patch. uh, And I'm really looking forward to using this in game. Wrapping up overall thoughts on the patch now, I think for the most part, happy. I think we were both, we saw the patch notes come out and we'll be honest, like there was some potential room for disappointment there, but at least my first day playing the game, I've felt like a lot of these changes while small, there seems to be reasoning behind a lot of them and that's what's good. And they tackled some things in a very potentially productive manner. And I'm excited to see how it continues to unfold uh, and keep your eyes on the rev and keep your eyes on 30 for 30 or 30, 30. Those are the two highlights I think for me, not for. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think that there's always room to wish for more. Um, of course. Come in ambitious, wanting to see some major things, but honestly, they did a lot of things right here and I couldn't be more excited about some of the small quality of life changes and being back on those original maps uh, is going to be a pleasure for the next two weeks. And I th- believe it was uh, the patron gambler Lee who pointed out next season might be season 10. And mm-hmm. that's the time for big, big stuff. So if there's something you think that was left out potentially, there's good reason to hopefully believe that that double digit season uh, will be a big one for anything that was missing and didn't make the cut for here but i think for now we got to be happy with this one and yeah those are the patch notes thoughts uh so we're going to now wrap it up with some five-star questions if you want your question answered on the podcast please leave it in the form of a five-star review and we will make sure it is answered on the show first one is coming from gilkers gilkers here i've been playing since season four since listening to you guys this podcast has brought my KD up from 0.68 to 0.81 between season eight and nine. And I am so proud of that alone. I keep finding myself hard stuck in plat. What is the best advice for a bloodhound main and someone struggling to break that diamond wall? What question. a question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks so much. Glad you're enjoying the podcast. Always nice to hear from a bloodhound main. <laughs> Our biggest advice is ABS. Always be scanning. Um, I think playing bloodhound, it's important to not be the first person in. I think being the second, kind of being the sandwich there in order to provide forward intel is important. Um, Outside of that, do you have any advice, Shay? 
uh, this split particularly, Olympus is a very different map than what I think we are all used to. And if you can play with teammates, that's always going to be our best answer is play with people. Communication in this game is fantastic. And so it's really helpful to get with some people. And if you want to join the Discord, links in the description. Hopefully you can find some teammates in there. Uh, but overall, know your play style going into the game. Are you going to play Edge? Are you going to play Edge with a Gibby on Olympus? Are you going to play maybe with a Watson or a Caustic and really be aggressive with the beacon and scanning and getting into center zone? You know, know your play style. Take fights that are hopefully going to be 15 seconds or less. It's very easy to third party on Olympus. Very open. Lots of tridents, lots of stuff. So the shorter fights you can take, the better. It's a lot of thoughts to put into your head. Uh, But I think the overall version of just more communication smart fights is going to hopefully help you push up that RP a little bit if you're playing with some really strong teammates that you like playing with. Absolutely. Next question coming from your new guy. I've been listening since mid-season five and still love all of it. So I just have one question. If there is one major buff you could give to any legend without concern for the meta, who and what would it be? This is always a fun question. Like no concern for the meta really opens the doors to some biases uh, Mm -hmm. potentially coming through. So here's the problem. I love Mirage. My first thing would be something insane for Mirage, like complete invisibility off of an ult or something. But I don't want to play in that meta. So I need to make this be a buff. No concern, or does no concern for the meta mean I yeah. really don't have you to really care don't at have all? I've just like, oh, I can't even get that Destroy in my head. Okay. The game. <laughs> okay. But I don't want to play in this game. Here's I the know. Thing. So it's hard. I don't want to play in this game, but this will be my answer. I want Mirage to have his OG ultimate, second version of the ultimate before this most recent rework with incredibly extended invisibility for a very, very long time. If I wanted to play in the meta, though, I would be cool with another really, really short Pathfinder grapple meta and having that be a buff as well. I didn't answer the question great, though. Do a it's great, a tough better question because <laughs> it's just totally opposite from everything we discuss. I know. <laughs> um, I potentially have a lot of answers, but again, it's hard. Something that I would like to see that I think would be dangerous to the meta, but if we could just have a variety of buffs for crypto, I think mm-hmm. that'd be really fun to see. You know, just having it be able, having the drone be able to follow crypto and actually be able to scan in a much, much wider cone, uh, being able to throw uh, the drone as some sort of EMP grenade, uh, as we were speaking with Macro about, mm-hmm. I think would be great. All of these are potentially game breaking. Um, but if you could do a lot of them together and make crypto just a beast of a player, um, I think that'd be pretty fun. How about three bubbles? Just three charges on the um, on the Gibby bubble. Sure. Just yeah, I mean, bubble I, fights everywhere. <laughs> I also have this fantasy of being able to take a Sheila off and use the yes. arm shield. I thought okay? that's what you were going to say. So, that was my first thought. Oh, I man. Don't know. Okay. That wraps up a fun episode. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Follow us on Twitch, Third Party Pod, and check out the Discord via the link in the description thank you so much for listening to the third party podcast we'll catch you next time peace hey now another squad coming in boom whole squad down hey brother not today maybe tomorrow